You know they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Danny O'Donnell and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally you go one-on-one -on -one with another grab chance of winning, but I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beat me. <laughs> then you add Tyler Held to the mix, the chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way here on the open guard cast, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning, but I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the open guard cast. That was a, a monologue I was reading before we began recording by Scott Steiner of the WWE. That man the almost had a heart attack. That analog did not really work out. <laughs> yeah, 66 and two-thirds is 33 and a third plus or times two. Okay. Uh, my name is Jake Watson. If you want to get as absolutely – I mean, look up a picture of Scott Steiner, and you're going to see a thick piece of yeah, that dude just, just baloney, right? <laughs> Traps out. Guy's a freaking um, a mess. Um, if you want to look like that, use Electron Performance. Go to the app and uh, tell them we sent you. My name is Jake Watson, uh, and uh, Danny O'Donnell is my inimitable, ageless co-host, and we are joined <laughs> by 2019 Blue Belt Nogi World Champion Tyler Held out of Reese Rosenberg Jiu-Jitsu, mm. who is now a Jiu-Jitsu Purple Belt. Fresh hair, facial hair. The guy's hair is long and luscious. Thank you for uh, showing us that. And uh, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the show, brother. Good start, baby. What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> awesome. Danny O'Donnell, I'll let you uh, I'll let you take the reins on this first. I just I just did a uh, I can't believe I actually opened up with that monologue. Um yeah, I'll let you take the reins, Mr. O'Donnell. Yeah, so we know you you train right now with Steve Rosenberg over at Arizona Combat Sports. He's an amazing coach. I definitely want to get into that training under Steve, but can you talk about how you got into jiu-jitsu or wrestling first if, if you did i think you wrestled right yeah so okay. um in high school or even in junior high i wrestled and the only reason i did it was because my teacher just was like hey we need a 103 pounder for wrestling you should join i was like i didn't want to and then my buddies got me into it and i, I was literally just there for the hang and that's that's why i went to high school for the hang i went to wrestling <laughs> for the hang like not to actually improve my academics or athletic ability, really. <laughs> so uh, I wrestled both years. I don't think I won a single match in junior high. So seventh and eighth grade didn't win a match. No way. That yeah. That's crazy. And then in high school, for some reason in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to join the high school team. And <laughs> uh, I just – I had a lot of success actually in freshman high school, high school wrestling. I think it was only because I just did what I was told. Like I didn't, I just put my head down and just did what the coach asked me, you know, just, just yeah, I just grinded. It was almost like too smart to, or too dumb to ask questions. I was just like, <laughs> all right, do all of these stairs or whatever it may be. I think I went, uh, 14 and two, but that's freshman high school wrestling. Like, uh, I don't want people to be like, congrats, dude. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> freshman high school wrestling. Yeah. So, um, so just like I was saying, I'm, I'm all for the hang. And when I would go to school, I never, I went to class, but my brain wasn't there to do the, the classwork. So yeah. I had, I didn't have any absences, but like every single assignment was missing, uh, you know, the whole deal. And uh, I tried to like finesse my way into getting into like uh, lower learning classes. Because, <laughs> and I didn't realize I had to be in a, in a meeting with like all of my teachers, all my teachers were like, all right, I'm going to see you at three o'clock later. Right. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. I'll see you at three o'clock. And my dad meets me at the front office and I'm in a, this giant room with all of my teachers. And, uh, I'm like, Whoa, I'm so confused. What's going on. And they're like, well, we're interviewing you and your teachers to see if you need to be in like a lower learning class. And all of my teachers said, Tyler just needs to apply himself. <laughs> uh. So I'm like, I'm looking at my dad and my dad's just so embarrassed. And my dad didn't even like want to talk to me when we drove away because he knew he's just like, dude, you, what the frick, you know? Yeah. yeah. Teachers are like, Tyler's actually really smart. When he applies <laughs> yeah, himself. Yeah. He just doesn't That's do exactly any assignments. <laughs> so I ended up going to this, uh, I think it was Canyon Valley. And you had a half day, but you got twice the credits and 
you still didn't really have to apply yourself. You just had to be there. And I'm good at being there. I'm just not good at applying <laughs> myself. So there goes high school wrestling because I left uh, Gilbert High. So then uh, I wanted to be in the UFC like everyone's uh, lame origin story. But um, <laughs> I went to this place called East West MMA. Very, they, they like, they said they were teaching MMA but it was karate and they were giving belts in MMA. It was very strange. Mm. I remember being at the belt testing at one, at one point and, but they didn't give me a belt. I, they just, they just let me join the class for the testing and they were giving everybody belts. And at the end he goes, and then Tyler, he's like, this, this boy can do anything he strives to do, blah, blah, blah. And I just started crying. I just was like, I felt so good that this karate guy that was like 65 that was telling me I could do anything, I just started crying. I was like, I, I could do this, you know? <laughs> I just, it was so Dude, strange. Awesome. <laughs> but Carlos Farias was attached to that. And I obviously gravitated towards the more realistic martial arts jujitsu and then away from this like foo-foo stuff that this other fella was teaching. No. Just, just this foo-foo stuff he was teaching. Mm -hmm. So Carlos ran like the jujitsu program in that academy? Yes, sir. Awesome. And I just got super obsessed with it. Um, and so my dad used that as leverage for when I was having bad grades at this new school was jujitsu leverage. And, and that worked famously because I wanted to go back to training. And... Um, so I trained under Carlos for like probably two years. I got three stripes on my white belt. And then my dad gives me this conversation saying, hey man, uh, I'm not paying for you to go to college, buddy, because <laughs> you're there for the hang, like I just keep saying, you know? So he's, and I worked at Fry's Marketplace, like bagging groceries at the time. He's like, and you're not also not gonna be bagging groceries for the rest of your life. He's like, how about the army? And I was like, uh, sure. And I'm just like such a like, go with the flow guy. So he was, just, my dad was just like, how about the army? We went to go see a recruiter. I'm like, sounds good to me, man. Let's do it. And, um, I signed up like six months before I let, graduated high school, barely. And, and then I was off to the army. That's oh crazy. my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of people in jujitsu. Obviously there's people who have like academic backgrounds and degrees and stuff. But I also feel like there's a lot of people who didn't really fit in to the traditional school system. And jujitsu was kind of like their outlet mm -hmm. and they have a lot of energy. And it's like jujitsu keeps your, your brain really active because there's so much stuff to learn and there's so many people there. So you have like the social aspect and the learning aspect at the same time. But yeah, I find that really interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about training under Carlos? Because he's someone, I don't feel like we've talked about Carlos too much on the podcast, but He's someone who, if you train in Arizona, you probably know who he is. He competes to this day in all, all the, the IBJJF tournaments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he competes every weekend, it seems like. So what was it like learning from him when you first started? I feel like uh, right away I knew the dude was legit. And, um, like, my first tournament I lost, and my parents were like, well, we need to get you in a new school. It's probably their fault. And I'm like, no, like, Carlos is a G. Like, he teaches very good technique. It was just all on me, you know. Uh we would have the, like the, all the walls in the, the, in his facility or whatever at the time was all glass and we'd have it sweating and, yeah <laughs> and there, there was a lot of like older fellas that were just a bunch of masters guys. Right. Mm -hmm. And none yeah. of us were really competitors. So it was a long time ago. It was like right when he started his program in Arizona, I think. And but yeah, he was a good instructor. Like, there was nothing like there's no reason why like there is a reason why I left, but nothing against him or anything. I see him at competitions and we're all cool and good to go. Yeah, I definitely feel it like you said, it's like hard training and legit training. He has good technique. Everyone in his gym is training hard and they're like training for a purpose. Maybe they don't all compete, but they're all getting better. They're all improving. So I feel like he definitely has does a really good job of, of teaching his students and getting them to improve. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's, he's great. Like, like I said, I love that dude. Um, we would do like a uh, strength conditioning class before and I would I was like, 
hundred pounds doing these deadlifts with these older guys that were way stronger than me. I would get like a half a rep. Like we'd be doing like M wraps. <laughs> I would get like a half a rep and these guys are getting 30 reps. And, uh, we just, I don't know. I would just try to make it happen. Like I said, during wrestling, it was just, uh, put my head down and do the damn thing and then put the gi on. It was good to go. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I trained with, uh, so, so I don't know talk? if you know this. Okay. Sorry. I just want to say Tyler, before you ask your question, Danny, no, I just ahead, want to yeah. say, I, uh, you don't know this, but I, I trained with, uh, Carlos Farias, my first, like eight months of jujitsu at the lion's den. Yes, sir. Hey, he always talked about the lion's den and like how he, mm -hmm. yeah, it was an instructor there before he started his deal. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. I, I trained with him when I was yellow belt, but anyway, yeah. that was just a little anecdote. No, that's awesome. We'll, we'll have to have Carlos on to tell his full story. Dude, that'd be great, day. dude. Yeah. Carlos yeah. is the man. So you mentioned then that you went, uh, went into the army and that was like a decision you made before you even got out of high school. So what was it like? Like, obviously you said you're like a go with the flow type of person. So you probably weren't too anxious about it originally, but how was it like, once you actually got into like your duties and stuff, like, was there anything that was like unexpected? Obviously there's a lot of like discipline involved and stuff, which you probably weren't used to. Dude, but... the, the army was my college. It taught me to be a man and be responsible to a, a certain extent. Cause I could be much better at that shit still, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, um, I, so I, I signed up to be an infantryman and I got after basic training, which was semi pretty easy. Honestly, nothing, nothing really worried me at, in basic training. I went, I got sent to Fort drum, New York and was assigned to ACO triple deuce shout out to ACO triple deuce. And, um, it, yeah, like I said, it just, it, the army taught me like how to be a person and how to be responsible and how to work hard and all these different things. Um, I got, we went to Iraq, uh, 2015 to 16, uh, pretty painless. It was a lot of just, uh, sitting around. We, we were letting the Iraqis do their own deal, like trying to, like, we were only there for like security. So there's just a lot of working out and sleeping and guard duty for about a year. And so nothing too crazy on that end, but just, uh, more experience, you know, and like, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of like difficult things like physically and mental things that had to happen in those times. And like I said, I, I think that's what contributes to like my mental toughness as a jujitsu competitor is being, it was being in the army and like dealing with not like combat oriented shit because it just, it didn't come to that, but just the, how the army is ran and how it works, it is like pretty hardcore and it makes you into a man. Like I said, you know? Yeah. Was it, was it, was it tough to adjust to, like a specific schedule every day? Cause I'm sure everything's like very planned out and it's not like you can just be like, Oh, well during this time, I'm just going to not pay attention. It's like, you have to Dude, yeah, adhere yeah. to their schedule and just like do everything in like a very orderly fashion. For sure. Was that, was it difficult to adjust? To yeah, that? man. And then, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the biggest thing was moving to Fort drum, New York. And that was an hour North of Syracuse. So it was like negative 20, at, like night, at yeah. all times, uh, we would trudge, we'd be running through the snow and my, 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 uh, snot would be freaking uh, frozen to my lips and <laughs> it was, it was gnarly, but it was, it was, it was a good experience and I enjoyed it. Dang. But yeah, for sure. That is crazy. So in Iraq, uh, or before I left for Iraq, I went home and I, met up with an ex-girlfriend of mine that we dated in junior high and and I'm now married to her uh, her name is Mary and uh, also jiu-jitsu competitor and world champion shout out um but love to have her on yeah. too. <laughs> uh, yes couple a duet deal um yeah yeah that'd be cool so um so but she didn't train jiu-jitsu yet and uh we just like a long distance relationship for a whole year, you know? And she goes, Hey, I'm doing Muay Thai at, uh, ACS. There's a great jujitsu coach there. You should just come out here. And I was like, listen, I am loyal to Carlos. Like as soon as I get back, 
I am going to be with Carlos. No, no, no doubt about it. And um, so when I got out of the army, oh, by the way, when I was in Iraq, I, like everyone was trying to get to like the thousand pound club, like their deadlift getting up. They wanted just juicy boys, you know, they're just eating hella chicken <laughs> and rice and getting big. And the whole time I'm going, I'm going to be in the UFC when I get out. So I'm doing sprints and calisthenics and all this crazy stuff. And uh, for any uh, ACO Triple Deuce people listening, I had the best PT score in the whole company out in Iraq. Shout out to me. Uh, <laughs> to me. So, <laughs> uh, so when I got out, I was like, now I'm in shape. I'm going to go be the best UFC fighter I can be. And I do like an open mat at ACS. And, um, and Steve Rosenberg just plays this very like – small guy game you know like in compared to carlos like i said i love carlos but his, right, his right. game is very big guy oriented and i'm just so much smaller than him and steve was teaching these very just a style that like when he when i watched him roll i was like i want to roll like that guy mm. you know and um and that was it honestly and it was and like it was like I said, I wanted to be in the UFC, so I was like, well, they do. They have MMA classes. They have people that are in the UFC already. This is the place I have to be, unfortunately. And uh, I think I messaged Carlos. I hope I messaged Carlos to tell him that I still love him and all this, all that jazz. <laughs> but uh, and then that's how I got started at ECS. Yeah. So for people who don't know Steve Rosenberg, definitely look him up. He was one of the top American competitors um, back when he was brown belt. He won Pan Ams. Uh, he beat guys like Jake McKenzie. He fought JT Torres. He fought some of the top-level guys back when he was brown belt, and he was getting really good results. I think he won American Nationals at brown belt, too. I think so. And he's just, like, an amazing coach. So definitely look him up. But what was it like when you first started learning from Steve? Because I, I know how good of a coach he is. He coached me for a little while. Um, his technique's really, really good. And like you said, his style's super dynamic. It's just, like, fun to watch him roll. Yes. So what was it like when you first started – building your relationship with Steve and learning technique from him. What was, what was that experience like? So I think I'll, I'll use his, uh, his own little phrase is like, he gives you like the <laughs> steak, like he teaches you the steak and then you get to put your little salt bay seasoning on it and make it your own, you know? And yeah. I, I like that aspect of it. He, he's just so damn supportive and he knows what to say at the right time. Um, he lets you make mistakes and just lets you ride with it and lets you figure it out for yourself. Like, man, I, I don't know what to say about that guy because I have so many good things to say about him. But yeah, what you said, though, really resonates with me. Like he's a good blend of he'll give you everything you need, but he also recognizes when there's a learning opportunity like, hey, maybe Danny's doing this wrong. I'll just let him figure this part out on his own. I'll give him like the meat, like you said. But he doesn't necessarily like force feed you everything. He kind of lets you figure it out, and that really helps with the learning yes, process. Yes, for feel. sure. Like he lets you troubleshoot things during the the rounds, and yeah, you know what I mean. He's not like standing over you, going, "Man, you messed that up big time." Like he he lets you like <laughs> yeah. figure it out for your own, and I think that's the best way to do it because you find your own solutions rather than coach always giving you solutions and everyone's got the same game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. So I think it's very important. Yeah, for sure. And um, when at the right at the end of not the end of COVID, like I'd say I've been doing it. This might be ish. I'm such a bad person with time. I think it might have been five, six months ago. He asked me to start uh, being a, a an instructor with him. Oh, that's and awesome. I think that's made my bump in my game like tenfold just by te i just teach the fundamentals every once in, uh like one week i'll teach the fundamentals in no gi and then one week i'll teach fun no fundamentals in the gi and just like awesome. telling myself and telling the students uh the little details it it kind of like gives me like a like in the head i'm like that's why you do that rather than just doing it because coach said to do it you know what i'm saying um, yeah, I feel like personally with like when you're trying to teach someone how to do something, 
you have to explain to them why you're doing it, and that opens up a bunch of doors in your head. I feel no, like. one hundred. That's what I'm because trying to a say. Lot of times, for like, sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like 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 you just said, you can repeat a technique that someone shows you and just be like, okay, you do this, 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 and this. But if you explain why and when you do it, that's when it really changes everything. One hundred percent. Yes, sir. Awesome. So, go so you, yeah. Go, no, I, go I got ahead. nothing. I was gonna, say, I was just gonna go ask ahead. you. I was gonna ask you to keep talking about about teaching. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, just like not only how that's kind of made you better because you kind of explained that part, but just like what your experience has been like so far and and how you like it and see it fitting into your jujitsu career as a whole. That, that's what, it's made me a better competitor. It's made me a a better. It's really improved just me as a person. I think just having to deal with uh, so many people that are looking up to you. And like asking for advice, it like means a lot to me that people are trusting in my knowledge and skill. And that honestly means a lot to me when people are like, hey, man, what do you do in this situation? And like, I like try not to blush. I'm like, oh, let me tell you what I think about this <laughs> position because yeah. I love jujitsu so much. Cry again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just a big old baby. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, man, I just, um, I just try to help any way I can. And then, um, uh, I try to lead by example is like, um, just never taking rounds off and just getting after it and, and just showing, showing the way, I guess, on how to improve jujitsu. So have any of your students had a chance to watch you compete yet? Cause you mentioned trying to lead by example, and I'm sure you do that in the training room, but you also do that when you're competing because you, Fighting multiple divisions. I saw you compete at Jiu-Jitsu World League. You did Gi and No Gi. Yes, sir. Like, you put the pace on everyone you fought and did, like, your game plan. It looked like it was perfectly. I mean, I'm not – I didn't know what your game plan was going in, but you executed really well from what I could see. Thanks, man. I appreciate So that. have you had a chance to have your, your students watch you compete and, and use that as, like, another way to motivate you? Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu World League was the first tournament that I was like, man, like, deep down I knew that, like – the students are watching, not, not, not like, and I, I want to set a good example and know that I want them to look at what, how I do and be like, that's why I train there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, Steve Rosenberg and Juan Alvarez is a great instructor as well. But, but in that, in that regard, I was like, I want them to see that our jujitsu works like our style of jujitsu makes shit happen. And, um, yeah. I had a very good performance that tournament. And uh, I felt good about it. But I do also put a lot of pressure on myself, and Steve freaking hounds me about it, is that I do feel like I'm doing it for myself, obviously, but at the same time, I am trying to represent the gym the best I can and represent Steve's jujitsu that he teaches me and the students and everybody else. And, like, I, I, I feel like I have a lot to do, I guess. I don't know. You know that. You know yeah, you say? feel like you have a lot to live up to. Right, right. With, yes. It's a certain like sense Steve of responsibility. Obviously, Ex exactly. Yes, 100%. The responsibility to uh, to lead the way in a certain aspect, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, Jake, actually, I, I think this would be good for you to chime in on this topic because you've competed in front of your students like since you were purple but well probably before that but let's, since i've known you you've always been competing in front of what seems like a big crowd of your students and like just people who support you so can you talk a little bit about that like what your experience is like with it mm -hmm. before it was um my future my would-be students because i mean i was yeah, purple ball yeah, i wasn't i wasn't in a teaching position when i was purple ball i was in a teaching position when i was about two stripes brown belt and um it was uh i mean you know what's funny is I never really even thought about it, but now I'm going to start probably. Um, I, I always feel like when I'm competing, because I always try to represent in a, in a way that is uh, inspiring, uplifting, wholesome, and edifying when I, uh, when I compete anyway. So I never thought – I always thought about like I care what the, everybody sees and what everybody is inspired by. Um, so with the students, I always felt like I – I felt like the first time I felt really nervous was at Fight to Win. That was – well, when I fought Arnaldo was when I was like, man, I really don't want to lose this guy in front of like, like Arizona's here. You know what I mean? Cause I remember when I lost to Roberto in Arizona and it like, I felt like everybody was like the room went silent and I was like, 
I was like, oh man, I feel like that's like, that's like how I feel inside right now is that silence. Like, I just feel like that, that deathly quiet. And I remember everybody was there and everybody was like super sad. You know what I mean? Which is like, your students get sad for you. And, um, that's, I felt that I, I definitely felt that, but I feel like more, more than anything, um, it is about setting the example. I like that Tyler said that, like, it's not just about you winning. It's about how you carry yourself, how you apply yourself. It's about the effort you put in. Cause like, dude, re realistically me as a coach, I could go out there and get smacked like bad, do a horrible job. But if I 100% gave everything I could, I carried myself like a coach. I carried myself like somebody who is leading people. They're going to learn from that. You know, like I went to like, I've been, I've had fights where people have seen me get smoked and they're like, yo, what the heck? Like Gustavo Batista passed my guard and got me an arm triangle from Mount and it didn't look like I stood a chance, but I was like, Andre, I did everything I could. He's like, Oh no, I could tell. I was, I'm happy you gave it your best, <laughs> but dude, that was, that was rough. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I know it was a really awful time, but do you kind of get what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah. you, it's about how yeah. it's about, it's not about like your result. It's about what your, like your effort towards the result. Cause whether you win or lose, you really, you can control a lot of it, but you can't control all of it. So I think that's kind of something you said. It's important yeah. to keep in mind. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, th I like what Tyler said too, about like setting the example in training, not sitting out rounds, not telling people like, Hey, you got to do this, this, and this, but then not doing any of it yourself. Right. Like you're, you're trying to actively show them, Hey, this is what I'm doing. These are the results I'm getting in competition. You know, my results may or may not be perfect every time, but this is the type of effort that you have to put in if you want to expect to do good in, in terms. Yeah, for sure. So, so, so with what you guys just said, uh, I always like same like it's like setting the example. Like say like you just took that hard L against Gustavo Batista or whatever, Jake. It's like I when I when I lost recently in the Florida Open. I made sure, like, I did a bit of, I'm working on losing, like, a like a coach and a, a leader as well. Is like, when I lose, I don't have my head down. I try to have my head up, and I clap for the other opponent. As much as I don't want to do that, it's like, congrats, nice work, you beat me, uh, good to go. Um, a question I had for, for both you guys, I guess, is um, how do you guys, what is your mindset in, like, the bullpen? Like when you weigh in and you're in the bullpen, like, so for me, I'm trying to calm myself down because I care about jujitsu so damn much. Like I'm looking at everybody and I'm, tr I'm listening to my music and it's like, it's not hardcore music. I'm trying to listen like very loosey goosey music. And I'm literally telling myself loosey goosey, baby, loosey goosey. Like, Lucy Goosey, because, baby. because <laughs> of so awesome. many times where I'm like, like so rigid and every movement I make is like a robot. And so... I'm just over and over again going loosey goosey, baby, loosey goosey. <laughs> so I'm trying. That's funny. So I, I always, because I feel like uh, tournaments and matches can be won or lost in the bullpen based on like what your mental state is in that bullpen when before you go on. Oh, for sure. So yeah, I mean, send I, it, I, this is definitely a better question for Jake because I feel like I've I want to hear Danny's question first yeah. because our our answers are going to be radically different. I feel like. Um, yeah, well, Send okay, it, so I'll start then because Jake's will be Send better. It, but I feel like for me, I have always been like such a jiu-jitsu nerd where I like knew everyone in – from like Purple Belt up, I pretty much knew all the competitors, at least like knew of them. Mm -hmm. So I would always be thinking about like in the beginning when I f was competing at like Purple Belt, I would say. At Blue Belt, I didn't really know everyone yet. I didn't, hadn't, didn't have flow grappling, hadn't watched as many matches and stuff. But as soon as I like – rose into my jiu-jitsu nerddom and i knew yeah, everyone yeah. i felt like i gave people way too much respect that was like a big mistake that i would make like i would know people's games and be like okay this guy's a really good baron bolo like focus on stopping yeah, that dude um but i feel like as as i got a little bit older um not that i like had some great competitive results or anything but i felt like i was just focusing on the, the one match ahead of me and trying to like impose mm -hmm. my game so just focusing on the things that i was good at like hey get to single leg X or whatever, because that's where you sweep the most from in, in practice. So just try and get to that position and just focus on this one match. You only have one match. And that would help me a lot with, with like, nerves and stuff, because I felt like if I focused on, like, the fact that I might have four matches that day, I would kind of, like, get really nervous, mm -hmm. and then I'd be even more tired after the first match, rather than just focusing on one at a time. For sure. 
Okay. What about you, Jay? So I, um, I feel like I just try to have a lot of fun and I try to scope out people I can talk to because I would rather have a conversation up to the point of my fight. And because the thing is, the reality is like competition, the only reason why it's any different or feels any different than rolling at the gym is because we allow it to feel that way. Right. Like in reality, you're really just grappling. So Mm -hmm. the adrenaline, the nerves, it's like the result of the tournament matters. You want to win. Whereas in the gym, you might not even really care about winning. You just care about rolling and care about learning. You care about progressing, trying a new thing. If you go into a turn, I'm not saying to go into a tournament like, man, you know, I'm going to try deep half guard today. I'm not going to say that, (laughs) but like you get my point. The, the mindset and the frame that you're in is different according to what you expect out of the role. And when you're in a tournament, it's the ultimate expectation. You want to win so you can win again, so you can win again until you're done. And then when you're done, you're like, oh, I can finally be normal again. I try to just feel normal the whole time. And I try to just like, like I, I mean, I, I enjoy the process of walking out and like fight to win, you know, the whole, blah, blah, blah. And like the, the, the music and the, on the stage and the announcing and, but I enjoy the tournament even more because the tournament is like deeply impersonal. It's like, you're not, you don't have, no one is looking at, Oh my gosh, this big spectacle with music. It's like, okay, this is a match that's about to happen for 10 minutes. And, um, I just think what I try to do like in the bullpen is if there's like a coordinator or somebody that's with me, I'll just literally talk to them. I'll joke with them. And it's, I'll just try to treat it like it's a normal everyday thing because then I actually feel better and I feel looser and I, uh, I do feel loosey goosey in that way. I do. And I'm going to start saying that too. I'm going to start saying that same thing. Cause that's exactly what I, I aim for as well. But the way I do it is by just like, okay, how would I act if I was not competing today? I'd be doing this. I would. And then I just make sure I'm eating healthy, make sure I'm doing everything like I am competing. Cause I am. But I would still just be like, you know, hey, look at that. Uh, talk about talk about something completely unrelated to jujitsu, and then like five minutes before, okay, now it's time to like get my head kind of towards jujitsu a little bit. Right. Yeah, I feel like Jake is really unique in that aspect because I, I feel like most people to get into the bullpen, they start to get mad, they start to hit themselves in the face or whatever, get pumped up, <laughs> slap themselves. But Jake literally will be. I've talked to him like before he fought Ronaldo Jr. at Brown Belt in the final, a fi- open class final too. Mm. So it was like a huge match, and he was literally just joking around, talking about something completely random, <laughs> right? But up until right before he walked out onto the mat, and then had a ridiculous, crazy match. So I think Jake is definitely someone you could you could watch and be like, wow, that guy does it different. For sure, I think that's like like a half a secret is just like trying not to yeah. care so damn much about it because there's. In reality, it's just it's just a it's just rolls, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's 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 tough though because for all three of us, I'm sure jujitsu is a huge portion of our life, and so losing means a lot. <laughs> it yeah. Takes a lot out of you. <laughs> well, so. it do- it does, I think, and you know, losing does suck, but it's also thinking about like, okay. W- does losing suck more when you're unprepared or when you're prepared or prepared? It sucks more when you're prepared, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Cause you got a lot of emotional investment in it, but I would say you could also take the same thing. Like, man, I left it all. I I did everything I could to repair. I did everything I could on the mat. I lost. And then you, and then it's going to be easier for you for you to improve because you no longer have to say, could I have done more? You now all you got to say is what is the technical mistake I made? And then your improvement is going to be astronomically better because now you don't have to worry about anything, but what is isolated. You can isolate what happened down to just what happened in the match. For instance, I have to improve my health for competition. That's something that I am I'm very transparent about is that I don't take very good care of myself. And now I am, I actually consulted a nutritionist and I'm doing all that. Right. But I had to say, okay, like, for me to improve, I need to improve my health, my sleep, my mindset, and my jujitsu. Whereas somebody like Tyler Held, who works very, very hard, and I mean, there's stuff that you deal with too that we're not going to go into, but like, um, you can isolate, like, okay, okay, I worked as hard as I could leading up to this tournament. I did everything. I did more than I thought I could, but I made a mistake in the match. Now you can isolate that mistake in the match, and a lot more of your daily energy can be spent towards improving just what needs to be improved. You know what I mean? Right. That makes a lot of so sense, for sure. I think, that that's, uh, I think that's very important for competitors to break down. That's why people from Autos make these 
amazing amazing improvements or these people from DDS make these amazing improvements these are just like general examples because like their strength conditioning and their and their nutrition are on point you know what i mean also they have acai whether it's nefarious or not but uh <laughs> but that, that, i'm not saying them gosh i said that whatever they know you what i mean it, they, whatever everybody it's knows what i mean it it's a joke. freaking joke um they're going to take that out of context no nah, i'm just kidding they know i love them um but uh Moving on, they uh, they are able to make these amazing improvements because they already have everything kind of locked down that you should have as an athlete. Like you should be, you should be going to bed, you should be waking up and ha drinking water, like a lot of it, and you should be, you know what I mean. You should be eating freaking vegetables and not horrible things to get your diet through the day. Two, two donuts and a Kit Kat for breakfast, bro. I didn't have a Kit Kat. It wasn't that. <laughs> It was a bang. Oh, was dude, it nah. Oh, 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 oh. You're talking about in Vegas? <laughs> Listen, dude. I had just got off of the best commentary job I think I'll ever do. Right? Oh, no, you deserved it. You deserved I was so tired after that tournament, bro. You got to give me a break. Okay? I did have a lot of donuts. I didn't have two dozen. I had like five. Okay? Which is still too much, but uh, whatever. And then my stomach did really hurt. But yeah, now I'm on it. Not as bad as mine. But... Back to Tyler. Yeah, I was going to say, unrelated note, thanks. <laughs> yeah, unrelated note. So I, I did want to ask you too because Jake mentioned in the intro that you won Nogi Worlds. So you've definitely accomplished – that's a really big title to win, especially you know, at Blue Belt. Once you get into the color belt ranks and – Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Danny O'Donnell is running on Pizza Box Connection. Um you wanted to talk about what what was the what did he say? What was he uh going on about when he uh disconnected suddenly? Uh just about uh Nogi Worlds and kinda I think he was asking about how I did, I guess. You know what? Let's 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 adapt the question. So Nogi Worlds, what was your preparation like leading up to Nogi Worlds? And what was uh how did you feel competing? Daniel Donald, your your pizza box connection cut out for just a second, but I, I asked the question I think you're gonna ask. Yes, that was yeah. the question. Cool. So leading up to Nogi Worlds, um, I was getting completely trashed by all of my my uh, training partners, uh, Nick the Bear Jew, uh, Ed, Steve, all these guys. Like, I couldn't get anything on them. and But for some reason in my head, I was going, I, and this is not like me, is like in the training room, I'm getting trashed. But then in my head, I'm going, I'm going to do fine at Worlds, though. I'm going to do fine. And I would just, I was playing my, uh, I was trying to play single leg X at Worlds the whole time. And I had, a, I had a game plan is what I'm saying. And I knew I was training as hard as I could. Hella sprints. Every day I could be at the gym, I was there. But like I said, just getting trashed. And, um but I still believed in myself for some reason. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. And uh, before like my name got on the screen, my buddy Manny looks at me and goes, Tyler, you could, there's another crying, dude. I'm just such a puss. But anyway, <laughs> like my buddy Manny good, goes, like, cry all the time. he goes, Tyler, are you going to cry? And like there were tears wallowing in my eyes. And it was just because of like how much I cared about like what I was about to do. And... I just I was like no man, but I went to the bathroom and washed my face off because I don't know I was probably gonna fucking cry, but oh my god. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so like like I said, it just means so much to me. And then uh, I had my first match, and I was very robotic and choppy. I, I welcome nobody to watch my uh, world's run. <laughs> nothing exciting or good like like real technical jujitsu i think i was just uh tougher and a little bit smarter like tactically than most people out there well, semi-final you hit a really cool arm bar so definitely go watch that <laughs> thanks dude i appreciate it um but it's like man that that, that tournament it was really awesome like i just was in the bullpen I don't know why I keep uh, talking about the bullpen, but I think that's just so important is like mm -hmm. how your mind is in the yeah. bullpen. Yeah. And Definitely. next match, every time I'm just like, 
this match, I need to treat it like the finals. Like, every match I'm treating like the finals. This is my last match. This is my last match. Because I ended up having six matches. I, I think it was six. And uh, every match I was like, this is my last one. I have to win this last match. And then before I knew it, I was in the finals um, with a tough dude. And uh, took his back from close guard with the, the BJ Penn hip bump sweep deal. And that nice. was a wrap. And it, I, I go back there every once in a while to like just to watch, and it, it motivates the shit out of me because of how bad my jujitsu was looking back, and like that I achieved something like that, and I I don't know, it meant a lot to to win that, and and it showed me that I can. Uh, shout out to Jeff Held, my dad. He always told me growing up, he's like, you can do anything because attitude is everything, and like. My attitude was just was like on point that day, and I just made it happen, you know. So I felt good about it. Yeah, and I feel like, from what I can tell, I feel like winning a big tournament. I haven't won one, but from what I can see from the outside looking in, if you win a big tournament at the lower ranks, I feel like that really propels a lot of people to just understand that they're capable of an achievement like that. One hundred percent. And it allows them to be like to give themselves permission to have big goals. For sure, if that makes sense. And uh, somebody. I think I talked to Jake about this once before. Is like somebody that I like really look up to is uh, Andrew Wiltsey. You guys had him on the podcast. That oh, dude yeah, yeah. is just He's the great. epitome of like hard work and getting after it and just doing the damn thing. And and he has great results. And so basically told after and that was after I I learned about him after Nogi Worlds. So yeah. So watching him, I realized like. I am doing something right. Like, just train hard, be there every day, and care about what you're doing, and you're going to make it happen. And uh, and that's how I go into training every day, I guess. You know? So that's Yeah, awesome. we love I Andrew. I think Andrew actually won. I think he won brown belt Nogi Worlds the day you won the blue belt. He did, yeah. I think that's when he got his black belt. Yep, yep. yep yeah, yep. that same day. Yeah, that's that was cool. where he got his black belt. That guy, um, and, and like, Andrew Wiltsey is the most authentic like and i say the most authentic because his story is so nuts if that was my story uh i mean i'll be honest about it now but like i don't know if i could be on like the man there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in that guy's life and you're right he is the epitome of hard work um yeah and dude like you hear some of the stuff that guy's been through and done in his life and you're like you've got to you be inspired you can find out that guy isn't even not even an athlete you'd be inspired like that guy's still alive that's awesome <laughs> yeah 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 but like yeah he made it through life yeah. he just he doesn't have like there's nothing the best part about him is that there's nothing special about him it's like like physically yeah. or like where he trains like like no hate on his coach but like Nobody really knows who his coach is. No one really knows who his training partners are. Just like what Jake Watson talks about, he, his, his training partners are masters competitors, and he goes to compete, mm -hmm. and he wrecks house. So it's like yeah, it doesn't matter where you're at or where you train. It just, it, it, it just matters how much you care and actually you can, you can say things all you want, but it's a matter of doing them. Like you're like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to do sprints this weekend. Like you can say that all you want, but you better fucking go do sprints this weekend. You know yeah, I mean? you said it. <laughs> yeah, you said it. So, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I love that because it's like it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. If you have the right attitude like you talked about earlier and you have the right work ethic, you can you can achieve your goals in jiu-jitsu regardless of if you're surrounded by other world champions. Like there's a lot of also like hidden gems in jiu-jitsu. Like Steve is a hidden gem that maybe some people know him, but he's not as well-known as Andre Galvao. Right, right. But he's someone who can lead you to – achieve whatever type of results you want he's that talented of a coach so yeah I, I love stories like yours and like like jake's like you guys don't train at gyms that are household names that everyone in jiu-jitsu knows of but you guys have all the right people around you to achieve whatever whatever goals you set your mind 100%. to we're out here baby we're out here the unknown rising <laughs> up back on and, the street and just a caveat is that i do have a full-time job i'm not one of, uh i i, I I know there's a lot of jiu-jitsu competitors and I, I just feel like a lot of people train jiu-jitsu and go, well, man, I can't do that because this person's training three times a day and does, has all these, like all the right things are happening for them. You know, like being able to train three so times a day, I was literally, no full-time job. 
I was literally just about to ask you about that. So can you talk more about your job, like what you do every day, like what your job is, and then kind of how that impacts your training schedule? Because like you said, that's a super common narrative in jiu-jitsu. If you're not training three times a day, lifting three times a week, doing, putting in so much volume that you have no chance of su succeeding at the highest level. So, so what do you do for work, and how does it impact your daily training? Uh, so – for, so to go back to worlds real quick is uh, me and Steven do it. Uh, Jake Jake knows Steve. Yes, he's I do. A, he, yeah, he's I a, know. He's a good, he's great grappler, and we used to work yeah, together. Yeah, great. And uh, that that training camp, him and I were digging trenches for a pipe, like every other day, and like just in the, the and just killing ourselves, and then being like, all right, time to go to train, you know. We just had to just stay on top of each other and be like, hey, man, we're going to train after this, like after eight hours of digging holes. And, uh, man, like we were we were just the grunts, you know, so we were either digging holes, hammering out concrete in the people's attics, just doing just grimy stuff and then making sure we're at the gym that night. And uh, as in the last year, I quit that company and started my own company. TGH construction services, shout out to my own deal. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but but <laughs> TGH construction yes, services. <laughs> so uh I'm i I'm still I still work eight hours a day, but and I'm still outside doing my do, doing the damn thing, but it has been more laxed. But because uh, because of Steve giving me the opportunity to be a coach, it kinda lets me relax on my business hours so I can train more often but I worked hard to get to that point you know but um, you you can't have a full-time job be grinding and make it to the gym you just gotta care enough to do the damn thing mm -hmm. for sure so, so do you have a crew that works for you too or is it just you? Uh, I'm, I'm just a lone rider dude just making it happen a lone rider yeah. so you're still doing it like you're still putting in all the hard manual work it's not like you're just managing people who are doing that you're still the one who's yeah yeah doing the the dirty work basically for sure <laughs> I, I just yeah yeah i am it's just i don't like to be the guy that's like i don't know yeah you're right i i i am doing those things and just still making it happen so yeah yeah you don't want to be the guy who's complaining you're making excuses right. but you are still working super hard physically outside of the gym just for your work for sure yeah exactly that's awesome. Your humility is so, also a really cool thing to note, by the way. I know you don't you, – that's like – I'm not going to have you comment on that because you comment on your own humility. It's not very <laughs> humble. But you're very, very humble guy. So Thanks, uh, I agree. Yeah, I think it's something a lot of people can be inspired sure. by too. So I think we talked about – we mentioned it earlier, the, the match you have coming up with Arte Suave Elite. Um, I believe – it's a gi match. Is yes, that sir. correct? Gi match with Zach Kaina, who is a really good uh, AOJ competitor. Another purple belt. It's at 160 pounds and it's sub only. So, do you want to talk about that match? What, what your initial reaction was when that match got offered to you, and how you've been preparing for it? Yeah. So, I had a match at Arde Suave recently, and I, the guy that I was supposed to originally go up against, uh, pulled out due to injury. So, the owner of the tournament, uh, Alfredo, was like, "I'll I'll have a match with him just so he doesn't fly to Sacramento for no reason." So. Him and I have a match. We have a, we have a good fun match. I ended up I ended up beating him, and like we ended up becoming boys after that. And I fly home like five or six days later. He goes, "Hey man, how about this match?" He's like, "Let's set this thing up." He's like, "Let's do it." He's like, "This is gonna be an awesome match." He's like, "I'm super stoked." And I'm like, "Dude," and he's just giving me this opportunity now. Just off that one match and having this short conversation with him is giving me this really cool opportunity. And, um, I don't know. I'm just super stoked. And, uh, it, it's one of those things. If I, it, if I win, it's not going to, it's not going to take any, it's not going to put any more wind in my sails because I'm already a motivated athlete. That's just trying to make shit happen every day. And if I lose, it's not going to take any wind out of my sails because it's just like on to the next, you know, because, uh, him and I are, are both IBGF competitors. It seems like mm -hmm. we like to play to that rule set. Uh, very like we try to score and we're not like a just like letting 
everything hang loose and just doing sloppy arm bars and, and all this yeah. wild shit. Yeah, you guys grapple really well positionally. You don't dive for submissions that aren't there and try to force opportunities that aren't presented because of your position. Right. So in my eyes, uh, this isn't – to be honest, this isn't really like my favorite rule set, but I am stoked for the opportunity in the match. Um, it is having to change my training up a little bit, uh, just going over the, the overtime rules and how things work. Mm -hmm. I, is it EBI overtime? Yeah, but it's different. It's like uh, he gets two minutes and I get two minutes, and it's not like a matter of ride time. If I if he subs me or I sub him, the match is over or I get to redeem myself, but it doesn't just keep on folding over like most EBIs. Mm -hmm. So if those both of us go for yeah. two minutes without subbing each other, then it's the first to score. Oh, that's – I like that better. Yeah, so it's the ride not time thing, but because the ride time thing can get exhausting as a viewer. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, yes, yeah, as a viewer, I'd love to know your. I'd love to know your opinion on the EBI rule set, Mister Held, being a Nogi World Champion. Um, you can be transparent. Yeah, be honest. I'm because I think it's whack. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I don't like it either. It's uh, definitely like it. wacky tobacco for for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think people. Uh, throw fundamentals to the wayside, and it looks. And I can't watch it honestly. I'm like, there's, like, there, there's so many people that hate on IBGF, but like, you score points for a good reason. It's like, oh, for sure, I'm controlling this person. I sh like some person just pulling half guard, and and then getting uh passed or whatever, and is in mount and. And then the person that's mounting them doesn't get anything for it. It's yeah. Like, I progress this position. So I, I work so hard to get here. And then it's just like, okay, <laughs> I get nothing for it. Like the match I did have with Artie Suave. I, 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 like, like I said, I love Alfredo and the tournament. But um, I, was, I was really going for it. And like I had knee on belly. I would sweep him, have him out. And I took his back at one point. And, and then the match was over and I had to go to overtime. And I was like, so I don't get anything for that. Like, that's fine. <laughs> like, wait, really? Like, <laughs> that's the rule set. That's strange. fine. That's but I was like, I guess I didn't really think about it in depth because I was like, I truly didn't get anything for that. Like, there nothing, nothing moving forward helps me. With it didn't that. hit you until you realized <laughs> yeah, how much yeah, work you put in for those positions. You're like, wait, what the heck? Where's I'm the so storm? tired from doing all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did so much work for no gain. For sure. Oh, but man, that's hilarious. Yeah, it, no. It, I saw uh, Zach won the Charleston Open uh, this last weekend, I think. Yeah, I'd be just but I truly yep. don't even know where Charleston's at in America. So, <laughs> it's North Carolina? Gonna, is it? Okay. So I'm not yes, going to hold, hold that like super high, like, oh, my gosh, he won the Charleston Open. Because like, like, I just learned that Charleston's in North Carolina. So uh, I don't even know if jiu-jitsu's out there. So... Um, but yeah, I know he's a good competitor, and I'm excited for the match. Um, like I said, I do think it's going to go to overtime. I'm going to try to finish the dude. It's just, I, I think both of us are too are, are going to be too savvy to let that anything like that happen. Could be tough. And we're both yeah. boring. We're Jake we're Watson. really excited for the match. What did you say? <laughs> we're boring, Jake Watson. As you're not boring me. I just had to sit back because my back was starting to hurt, dude. <sighs> No, you're not. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, listen, Tyler Held, don't put you me don't in have that to box. Yourself, dude. You don't have to you're all right. Don't Just don't put me in that box. Uh, how are you going to bore Jiu-Jitsu's most saying. boring competitor? <laughs> I was in the middle of saying that we were so excited for that match and that yeah. we were messaging each other about it when we saw that it got announced. Hell yeah, guys. So Jake, despite it. the yawn. Despite my so sorry, <laughs> bud, woke up for church this morning. I got like five hours of sleep because I'm an idiot. So, you nice look at me yeah. when so, I speak. So to we you. are. Make no mistake about it. We're super pumped for the match. Yeah. So can you tell everyone like where they can where they can watch it? Because I think there's a pay per view. Is that is that right? Yeah, there is. Dude, it's in Tyler Held's bio on his Instagram as well. Yes, it is. As well as Arte Suave okay, so Elite. To... Yes. Okay, so you can go to Arte Suave Elite's Instagram. Or uh, Tyler Held's Instagram, and you'll find Power Ranger BJJ. Or... Explain that one. 
I'm just a <laughs> just a dork, and I like Power Rangers. And then the name stuck at the gym, like my co- like really like all right, fundamentals over here with Power Ranger, and then uh, advanced over oh, here. Oh, dude, that's awesome! Yeah, that's cool. So that, People actually call you Power Ranger. Hell yeah, yeah. for sure. There's there's a lot worse nicknames. Uh, Juan yeah. Juan is like a, a he's known to be a snitch, so we call him Lil Juan Six Nine. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> so I have a, a cooler of the nicknames. Um, so yeah, best nickname in the gym, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna steal no that. No way, dude. You know, we gotta roll yeah, for it. Like, they're gonna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one of a kind. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's awesome. If, if we're not, if I'm like holding you guys up or nothing, uh, Daniel Donald, what kind of jujitsu game do you play? Like, if you had to have a jujitsu X um, uh, a deal like Jake Watson did, what would you be teaching? <laughs> Oh man! I like mean, a position that you feel like I don't even want to think is of... like this is my spot. Like if you get here, you're done. Dude, you, you mentioned like blushing when people ask, ask you questions. That's how I feel <laughs> right now. But no, actually, I, I really like single leg X too. That's like my favorite nice. position. I've been doing that since I was like blue belt. At blue belt, I felt like I did it more from like butterfly guard. Um, but then like as I started watching Leandro low more, I started setting it up from like open guard and daily Hiva. But that's usually where I'm trying to get to in the mm-hmm. role. And then. Um, I like taking the back too, and and Kimura's. I really like the Kimura oh, trap sure. position. Sweet man. Yeah. I just wanted to know so about your like uh, jujitsu, like the way you play. You know, everyone knows Jake Watson. Yeah. Got to learn Danny O'Donnell. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. No. One Danny knows is a very technical competitor, <laughs> or sorry, technical jujitsu <laughs> practitioner. Um, but uh, I didn't know either. I had to ask him too, because I haven't seen Danny compete in a very long time. And he like double sleeve too, though. Yeah. Yeah, I like double sleeve too. I feel like that's just like a good way to control people and prevent them from passing your guard, and then you can set up your attacks and your grip changes from For there. For sure. So yeah, I do like double sleeve a lot oh, yeah. too. For sure. So I do have one one more question for you, Tyler, before we kind of wrap. Got you. Um, so you won Nogi Worlds. I'm assuming that your goal in Jiu-Jitsu is to win all the major titles at every belt level. Is that yes, correct? Yes, sir. So going back to the, do- the, the I, I am not a fighter. Uh, I hate confrontation. So going back to like what I was like in my high school dream was to be a UFC fighter. That is not the goal anymore. Like, mm-hmm. uh, real short story. We recently, before Florida, we went and did sprints at this uh, uh, golf course, but frisbee golf course. And we're in these people's way. Like we're at the golf course doing sprints, <laughs> and they're like, hey. "Like we're trying to throw our frisbee." Yeah, yeah. And the entire like there's like nine of us. The entire team was like, "Well, if you guys have a problem, come over here and say it to our face." Type of deal. And I'm like, "Whoa, guys! I'm not trying to fight nobody. We're just here to we're just here to do sprints." And like, uh, I'm just so non-confrontational. So, uh, so yeah, no more UFC stuff. I'm just trying to improve myself as a competitor and, a ju- and improve my jiu-jitsu and be as technical and as in shape as possible. And yes, my goal is to be a Black Belt World Champion one day, for sure. That's awesome. I think it'll happen. So outside of... Me too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're on the right path. You have the right people around you to... Any, any competitive goal that you could put in front of you, you can achieve, for sure, with the people you have around you and with your work ethic. So outside of competition and the black belt world world title that you want, you, you did talk about teaching and how much you like that. So do you have any goals with like maybe teaching more or opening an academy or anything outside of just the competition mats? I definitely want to just keep on teaching and see where that takes me. Uh, I think that something will open up, whether it be uh, – I don't know where it's going to take me, but I do want to keep teaching jiu-jitsu, and I want that to be my uh, – my means of income as I compete and then as I stop competing, which I can't even think about yet, is uh, is teaching jujitsu. So yeah, my goal is to teach jujitsu wherever it may be, hopefully one hundred percent under Steve Rosenberg or an affiliate of some sort with Steve Rosenberg. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So Jake, any more uh, any more questions for Tyler? No, other than um where can people follow all that you're doing? I mean, everything. I want to know all of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just Power Ranger BJJ on Instagram, and that is it. And, all right, cool. Uh, real quick, I had some shout-outs. Shout-out to... Oh, yeah, do your shout-outs. Uh, Zen Body Massage, 
Shout out to Cormaz Meals and Colt BJJ. And uh, shout out to all my training partners and coach. I love all you guys. And that's it. Appreciate you all. And my students uh, and the students. Y'all are the best. Cormaz Meals is a meal prep company? Yes, sir. They haven't, they don't sponsor me, but I do use their product and I'm just kind of giving them that little, that little shout out to hopefully they get in my DMs or something. Nice little, nice little, uh, <laughs> nice. We'll, we'll tag them in the Dude, post. Do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We will. Sure. You're going to have to send us the Instagram handles of everyone you, uh, you shouted out. For sure. We'll tag Thanks, all of them. And, uh, yeah. You answered this kind of briefly, but do you have any like immediate desires, super fight or tournament wise, that maybe people can follow up on? Like, hey, expect Tyler not just at RJ Suave Elite Four versus that kind of fight to win. Do you want any of those opportunities? Because, uh, I mean, shoot, dude, you want to go to a fight to win? You want to fight on a? You want that? Of course, fight to win is like a, a very cool rule set because it is. It can be positionally oriented. You know mm -hmm. what I mean. I, uh, yeah. yeah, fight to win has, is the second best rule set in my opinion. I think it's IBJJF for me, and then and then fight to win is definitely. I agree. But oh like yeah, said, if RA Suave is living, listen, RA Suave is listening to this. I still love you guys. Your rule set's great. I can't wait for our match. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I uh, I know we've talked about. We definitely talked about um, we uh, our favorite and least favorite rule sets. Yeah, no, EBI rule set. Just want to reiterate is whack, mm -hmm. and that's my final <laughs> message. 100%. You have to be on the fight to win Arizona card the next time they come back. And I, I, I've heard rumors that they're coming back soon. So in 2021, it should happen. And if you, if you and some of your teammates are not on that card, I will be talking to Seth Daniels. He won't care at all. He won't take my opinion seriously. <laughs> but, but I appreciate I'm still going to let him know. Dog, I yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Jake should let him know. He respects Jake. <laughs> yeah, I got him. Uh, <laughs> I'm either going to fight. On that card, I'm going to commentate it. I'm sick to death of not commentating at home. I want to commentate that yeah. show. Anyway, um, we need to we definitely get on that. It's Jay Pages and Yogi Nogi, Josh Stockman. Okay. Uh, all I'm going to say <laughs> is Jake Watson should be commentating that. If he offers me a main event, I'll take the main event because that'd be cool. But like, Yeah, I'll, come, I'll take your place for the main event. Yeah, dude, Danny O'Donnell dude, main event. That would be sick. That would be sick. Dude, Danny O'Donnell versus what weight are you, Danny? You're like featherweight? No, no, no. I'll take your place in the commentary booth. Not yeah, no, no, no. You said it already. Main event. <laughs> uh, what are you? One fifty-four. He's gonna commentate your match, dude. Yeah. Uh, Danny sick. cuts. Danny yeah, cut yeah, down to Jayani Grippo versus Danny O'Donnell. Oh my God! Yeah, we. I got you all day. We already baby. had that match last weekend. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess so. Uh, so do we got to thank some some sponsors? I, I think that yeah. was it. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Jay. you guys, you go ahead. L ladies yeah, and gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something real quick. Have you ever heard of a iron tibialis bar for shin weights? Really good. The knees over toes guy on Instagram. I've been looking at a lot of the stuff that guy's been putting out there. Pretty intense stuff, but hey, you want to find some other people who are really knowledgeable about knee re rehabilitation and getting thick? <laughs> you talk to Electrum Performance. They'll make you feel thick, and they'll make you look thick. And then by the time winter comes around, you're going to want to have your shirt off during the winter because it's that important that people see your sculpted abs by way of Electrum Performance. I also want to thank Natalia Chantry for uh, helping me with my nutrition. She's uh, amazing at what she does, and I highly encourage people to look into what she does because I feel great. And i um, finally taking care of my body, which is going to be nuts to see a ripped, yeah, I just want to say really thick quick, Jake Watson. Yes, Danny. Yeah, I just want to say really quick, go to the Electrum Performance Instagram page, Alex Sterner's Instagram page, Alec Bryce, and Natalia. They all have like really informative stuff too. So even if you don't pay them for their services, they'll, they put out a lot of free content too that will help a lot of you guys. Mm -hmm. And I also want to thank the crew at EUG Promotions for trusting us with their first event and for scheduling us to be yeah. trusted with their second event. And I want to thank everybody at Flow Grappling, Michael Sears, Hal Teague, um, Ricardo Amendolia, Chase Smith, and Reed Connell. Dang, I memorized all their names and the whole thing too. For the support and the uh, the kind feedback they give me and Danny and what we do. Definitely want to get uh, every one of those guys on the show at some point. And uh, really excited for the future jiu-jitsu. Hopefully Tyler Hell can be a huge part of it as well as me and Danny so that we can all give you guys some wholesome and Avatar-centric content 
uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, dude, Dan so Health knows it. He's got it, the right? Avatar: The Last Airbender Airbender tattoo on his wrist. Oh, dude! Now that we've had a guest on with an Avatar tattoo, I have to finish the show. Yeah, I don't know why. Danny, Danny refuses to finish the show. Dude, it's ridiculous. Well, I don't to. Dude, Tyler, Tyler, yeah, he started months ago, started months ago yeah. and I had it on the TV when we were in Vegas and this dude still wasn't looking at the screen. I'm like, brother, this is the greatest show ever made. It's the greatest show ever made. How are you going to not watch the screen? I told you this. You've tasted this. Don't make me out to be a liar. Tyler's disappointed. Look at him. You've made him sad. You made him sad. You're an angry old man, Daniel. I'll finish it. I promise. I promise. <laughs> anyway, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to our uh, random ramblings and our talkings of jujitsu. We are the People's Podcast, and uh, we want to also thank Agro Brand, Maracaba BJJ, and Marcio Andre Academy for supporting us and for showing us love as we uh, desperately aim to be a positive light in this community. And uh, we can't wait to do more work and um, hopefully get our name out there a little bit more. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and leave a review on Apple, iTunes, podcasts, and Spotify. We're also on iHeartRadio. I don't know if anybody uses that other than truck drivers, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Just if you guys ever wanted to know what else we're on, we're on everything. You can't get rid of us. Yeah. Danny O'Donnell, Jake Watson, Tyler Held. Danny. <laughs> yeah, so like Jake said, definitely leave us a review on, on all the podcast platforms. Follow us on Instagram. Follow Tyler. And yeah, this was episode 89, and we'll see you guys soon for the next episode, episode 90. It's a big hey, one. Thanks for having me, boys.